Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today believes anything can be put in a vending machine. So they created a community of vending machines that sell local goods for local makers and are putting the fun inside the box. Please welcome the owner of Vex Vending, Stephanie West. What's going on, Stephanie? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. Um, So first question I always ask is, what is your go-to or favorite lunch slash sandwich? (laughs) Um, Honestly, I'm a big fan of a grilled cheese. Okay. and not just, it doesn't have to be a regular grilled cheese. It can be a fancy grilled cheese, but I'm a soup person. So it just pairs perfectly with a lot of soups What kind of I soup like. do you usually like with it? Um, Publix's tomato bisque okay. is like A tier. Um, but I will also mix it up and like there's a Chinese food place near my house. They make a wicked like tofu broccoli soup. That's really good. Interesting. Perfect. Okay. And then what kind of cheeses are you, um, what kind of cheeses are we talking about here? Are we talking like, uh, everything from um, just straight up like craft American or are we talking like, I like you like putting three or four different types of cheeses. What uh, are you making these or are you getting them or getting them somewhere else? Um, Make or get them somewhere else. Both are okay. Um, I am blanking on the name because I haven't been to the um, place since we came back from overseas, but it's, I think it might be Toastchi or something like that. Toasted? Yes. Yes. They make wicked grilled cheeses. Yep. Um, the uh, goat cheese and fig is like top tier. Um, and I, at home, it's like, it's always a mix. Camembert, Colby Jack, like got to mix the melty with the firm. So that way like you still this. get that nice pull away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like, I like how you've, you've put, you definitely have some thought into it. You can definitely <laughs> tell. It's not like, oh, I just find whatever. Like in my house, it's like whatever cheese we have. I Sometimes we always make sure we have good bread if we're going to make it a grilled mm, cheese night. Yeah. So we always like, okay, let's get good bread. And if not, then it's like, it's okay. We're just going to put like any cheese that we find in the house is going to go inside the grilled cheese. So, uh, so I know I totally get that. So let's talk a little bit about, I, I obviously gave it a small taste of uh, talking about vending machines. So mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to kind of get an idea of like, tell the story about how did you come up with the idea to start Vex vending? Um, well, me and my, uh, Boyfriend at the time moved to Japan to teach English, which was a really cool experience. And um, anyone who has been to Japan will notice that there are just vending machines everywhere and they sell practically anything out of a vending machine that you can think of. So that's where the creative aspect kind of came in. And then the other side of that was we like in Japan, community is really big. And I feel like prior to moving there, I didn't feel a big community connection living in Central Florida. I knew it was there, but I didn't seek it out. So I knew when I came home, I wanted to do something that was engaging because I have friends who are artists and I would go to their shows, but there was nothing active I was doing in the community. So that's kind of why we sought it out. Okay. Yeah. What, um, out of curiosity, what's the weirdest thing or the, like the most, the, like you're like, holy cow, I just bought this in a vending machine when you were in Japan. Um, stuffed animals are a good one. Cause they have these, like they'll have at what, what we would call rest stops. They have um, like Pokemon kind of Pokedex vending machines that have a virtual screen. So you don't actually see them lined up like you do in our vending machines. It's all covered up. And then there's a virtual screen like a Pokedex that you can go through and you can buy a Pokemon and then it vends like a stuffed animal Pokemon. Wow. Um, And of course, I'm sure everyone knows about like they sell dirty underwear out of vending machines in some places, but that's like deep Akihabara 
um, underground kind of stuff. But it's I've seen that on the internet. So. Jeez. Yeah. It's, when you say uh, so, I just need clarification. Sorry, I don't know if that's appropriate. Clarification. When you say dirty underwear, are you talking about like dirty, like worn underwear? Or are we talking about like dirty, um, you know, provocative? Uh, you know, okay, mm-hmm. not a, not the exotic type, or maybe it is exotic. Well, but that's a different it's, podcast for other people. Yes. So sorry, it's all good. Sorry. No, no, that's per- that's perfectly <laughs> fine. That's we're having lunch. We're talking about this. Is you know, what do you need to do? Um, I, I laugh because I know that like my buddy, he just moved to Japan. I was telling you uh, before, and he uh, that was like the number one thing they said was like they've seen more more vending machines than trash cans and they're amazed by like half the things that you can buy on a vending machine Mm -hmm. so um it's definitely an interesting it was a very interesting concept when i saw and when i came across um you guys and what and what the idea of it was um so tell people a little bit about how it works like if someone doesn't know like um obviously they're familiar with buying you know chips and and sodas and stuff like that out of it tell people like if for people who don't know explain to people what your uh, your concept of vex vending is um if they were to come across one of your uh, your vending machines yeah if you come across one of our machines in the wild which we of course hope you do um it's when you look inside we try to put some things that are familiar not necessarily familiar as in you would usually find it in a vending machine that vended food, but things like Pop Rocks or everyone recognizes Zoltar cards for fortunes and stuff like that. And um, we also put sometimes like Tamagotchis in there and things that people know, kind of nostalgia. And vending machines are kind of nostalgic because everyone knows how they work. They're not intimidating. Everyone knows what to do. Um, Even if you haven't come across a card reader on a vending machine before, you have seen a card reader before. And inside you find our, our model is about a third of the things we put in the vending machine are things that we make. And then a third are things that we buy wholesale just in general. And then a third is artists. So, and even that's not true because our goal is always 40% local artists in every machine. So it's, so when you walk up to one, it's kind of, you know, it can be considered a gallery because we have prints, we've got greeting cards, we've got stickers all from different artists. Um, You could consider it like a fun station to interact with anyone you're with because we have games and fortunes and stuff like that. You could also um, consider it a one-stop shop because in places like, you know, the Falcon, we have lighters and stuff like that. Things people forget at the bar, typically. So um, that's, that's the typical experience. You walk up, you have all these choices. And once it drops down, like we have a lot of mystery bags too, and that's kind of... That's one of our biggest sellers. I think yeah. people get choice paralysis. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Menu anxiety is what I call that when you go oh, to a restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Analysis paralysis. But yeah, menu anxiety is what I call it. And then you're just like, uh, uh, and I just tell people just order the grill, just order the sandwich. You'll be fine. I love how themed you are that even oh. like menu paralysis. Yeah. Of I'm a little, like I'm it. a little, like I'm definitely on brand all the time. It's time. perfect. Uh, that or punny. So those are the two things you're always going to get from <laughs> me. Um, so I do love how, uh, and I'm kind of curious about this just because of how the business concept works. Like, cause I love how it's free for the business from what I've seen. Um, um, like, so you basically, you, you know, if, the, if a business wanted to have your, one of your vending machines, they have like a certain kind of like a quite little mini questionnaire type of thing. Like I'm mm-hmm. assuming like of like, what kind what are you looking for? And all those things. I, I love the fact that you, um, you know, and then when they go into the location, you guys actually tailor it for the location. Like, I think yeah. that's one of the things that I, I absolutely love because it's like, you're actually making it where it's like 
belongs as part of this uh, part of that location. So you have, you know, it's like depending on what the theme is or what it looks like the location, you actually make it so that it's like your vending machine, but it's there at, at their location and it belongs there. Um, so tell me a little bit about where that concept came from. And then I'm just kind of curious on how, how it works because like, what's the bet? Like I'm, a, I'm like, how do you not have every single replace asking <laughs> you like, Hey, I want one, a vending machine in here and one of these in, in my store. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's something that I left out of the experience is that every single machine that we have has an entire mural all over it. And of the five machines that we have in permanent locations, we've painted two and then we've had three artists paint the other three. So um, we do try to get artists from our local community and make sure that the murals are themed to the place and then Instagram worthy. So that way, when people, you know, see the machines, they might be inspired to take pictures and also tag, you know, the business. And we always tag our business and our artists whenever, you know, we post anything. So we really... When businesses come to us, we typically ask for maybe two or three items that they'd like to see on the machine. And so far, everyone's just said, we trust you, which is really cool. Yeah. But in the future, um, if there was any business that had certain things, we like to give those items to the artist. So for example, if a business said, we want an octopus and we want the color purple. Okay, cool. When we get an artist, we give them just those two items and then the rest is up to the artist. So that way we can ensure that they still have um, creative Create freedom, freedom. Yeah. yeah, with the machine. That's so. Awesome. And when we go to businesses, we always ask if there's anything that, you know, they don't want to see in the machine or um, if there's any events that we can tailor to. We're getting ready to do a big Halloween push, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and when we go, we, like... For example, Spiral Circle is a very family-friendly venue. You know, everything in there is um, very safe. And then Falcon is a whole different story where yeah, we can sell. Different vibe. Yes, yes. We can sell more adult items. We always ask like, hey, you know, is nudity okay? Because we do work with artists. We want to make sure that we're putting things that are appropriate in the machine. And yeah. we also, we want things to do well. Like if we're putting something in a venue and the venue knows this isn't our vibe, then we want to trade that out so that way we can make sure that we can continue buying from artists and keep that f monetary flow yeah. um, potentially a little more steady than just random pop-ups all the time. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. No, and I think it makes sense, especially, in the, and that's kind of one benefit of having the vending machines is the fact that, you know, you can open them up and if they're not doing well, you're like, hey, these just aren't selling well. Let's mix it up. Let's change it. Mm -hmm. Let's move, let's, you know, move this somewhere else um, and whatnot. So that definitely gives you uh, gives you some, some flexibility and some freedom as you're kind of seeing what, like, you know, what sells well on my machines and what doesn't. How do you guys find the machines? And, you know, I'm always intrigued by, like, I'm always intrigued because you're, you guys are, Constantly, obviously, on the search for one. So how mm -hmm. do you guys find them? And then where, you know, did you guys learn? How did you guys learn to, to fix them or, or to kind of, you know, I'm, I'm assuming update them yeah. to be able to to be able to take card readers and things like that? I'm kind of always curious about that. That's a really fantastic question. Um, actually, when we were coming home from Japan, we... I, I was like, I really want to do this. Like, I'm really committed to this idea. And we decided, because it was it was COVID, so we originally had planned to kind of do a round-a-world trip doing work away so we could stay places for free and trade our labor. Yep. And um, that completely changed with COVID. So I was like, okay, well, I want to do something on the way home since we're so far. So 
instead of flying straight to Florida, let's go to California and we'll do a little road trip. So on like in the middle of our road trip, I was like, I really want to do this. I'm really committed to this. And I started looking up on Craigslist, like where I could get vending machines. That was kind of the start. And then as I was looking up, I, I lucked out and I found a gentleman who had just purchased a um, like storage wars. He just purchased a storage unit and it had about five vending machines inside of it. And he had no idea what he was doing. He didn't know, you know, like not no idea what he was doing in terms of the storage unit, but he didn't know anything about vending machines, I should say. He didn't know what he was going to do with them. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot of them were, I mean, busted up. They, his oldest machine was from 1990, which is, you know, that's pretty vintage for a vending machine, uh, a typical vending machine, I guess you could say. And then they, like, there were two that had severed power cords and stuff like that. And I was like doing a bunch of research. I had a friend who I contacted to go out to the storage unit while we were traveling to look at them. And I got a really good deal on those. So we, we really lucked out in that way. And as soon as we got home, we had to move them, which was a, that was a learning experience because vending machines are actually, people think of them like a refrigerator. Like if you carry a vending machine, I've had people say, why don't you use like those shoulder strap things that go under it? Yeah. And you can't really do that because a fridge is typically between 200 and 400 pounds. Um, the, the smallest vending machine you can get is not a very standard size. The smallest standard size vending machine, you're looking at 600 pounds. Wow. And it can go all the way up to 1,200. So it's not as simple as moving a fridge. Like I've done that before a lot of times. So we, you know, we got to start, we got, you know, a lot of friends who are very kind to us to help us move these vending machines. We got a U-Haul, we moved it all the way out. And the process of learning how to fix them has been, we, we are super lucky because I immediately found, once I decided I wanted to do this and was researching, I immediately found a community of like creative vendors in different states who were doing a similar local thing. They had a Facebook group and the wealth of knowledge there is just so intense. Like any question I had, I was putting on the group. Everyone there is really responsive. So I was getting um, a lot of answers to questions and we found a company called N1 Technology and they're one of the only companies that does motherboards to update old vending machines and they make it really easy they send you the motherboard they send you all the connections and they give you instructions which is awesome because a lot of vending machines are not equipped to handle a card reader yep so that was our first our first vending machine we installed the coin mech and the bill validator and our vending machines are a little different because we don't have items as you know, not all our items are as low as $2. Correct. We have items, our most expensive item is about $25. And that's like, a, that would be a local artist mystery bag because it's full of like original works from local people. So you can't like put any bill validator on the vending machine because it has to take 20s. And even then, if someone spends a 20 on a $5 item, all of that comes back in change. And if the machine runs out of change, it just will stop taking bills because it knows it can't give change. So there's a lot of problems involved in terms of cash handling. And we learned that our um, our beta test was actually at a petrified forest okay. in Altamont Springs. And we're, we're very lucky that we know the owners. They're super awesome. And we put our first ever machine out there. It was painted by Megan Bites on Instagram. And she put these amazing, like, cool alligators. It's the one that's a spiral circle now with, like, rainbows. So it was spooky, but it was also cute. And we put it out there with just the coin mech and the bill validator and the new 
uh, motherboard and we couldn't sell anything over $5. So the first weekend was kind of a bust. It was literally every day me going out to the machine during like the week when yeah. they weren't open yeah. and programming the machine to see if this worked or if that worked. And finally we came to the conclusion that it's with cash handling for us, it just wasn't gonna work. We had to do credit card only. Mm -hmm. And once we got that hooked up and once we got that figured out, we weren't, we weren't having the same problems where people were like, I really wanted to buy this, but I couldn't. Like we used to have to stand there while they were open with oh, keys man. during beta testing to like open it up and sell manually for people who had cash because we like, otherwise we wouldn't have made money because yeah. we had a ton of items. Yeah. yeah and, and obviously that's not the intention of the, <laughs> the intention of the business right. is to, to be like, it's supposed to be like, Hey, make money while I'm not there. Right. Uh, you know, type of thing. So no, that's a, that's a huge learning experience. And then I guess once you figured that out, you're then, well, I guess we're going cashless and we're going all, we're going plastic, uh, mm -hmm. card the rest of the way yes. and then just have to kind of figure out how to do the install for all that then. Yeah. So the motherboard install, we pretty much had down pat. Um, we had done like by the time that we decided that we were going to go all cashless, we had done two of them already and we felt very confident about it. And then we, for the cash handler or the card handler, that's an easy, it, it's plug and play. What, um, and so are you guys now just constantly now on the, on the lookout every time? Like, are you guys like on Facebook marketplace, uh, you know, and Craigslist and all that stuff looking for all vending machines? Yeah. And then where are you keeping all these machines? Like, are you, do you have like a storage thing? You guys are like, kind of like, we're like, we have like a, or like, I mean, I'm assuming you're either using that or grabbing parts from others. Um, mm. you know, cause obviously as you grow, as you grow your fleet of vending machines, you're going to kind of, I'm assuming that's kind of how it works. And sometimes it doesn't all, they're not all the same. So in right. that aspect, right? Right. So we actually, all of our vending machines are sourced like secondhand, because if you think about it, this is the other nice thing is that I get to put a lot of my, um, and I don't want to say like morals, but my, um, things I believe in yeah. to practice here, like community, supporting artists, and also recycling. Um, all of our vending machines come secondhand. New vending machines right now are just so prohibitively expensive. Expensive. Um, you really have to have to buy a fleet of new vending machines. You have to have like a pretty significant amount of cash. And that's just not where we want our money to go. We want our money to go into the wholesaling of artists and stuff like that. Yeah. So we put the elbow grease in and a lot of our time is spent um, making sure these machines don't have rust, making sure these machines, you know, are like quote unquote floor ready, I guess. Mm -hmm. And our, our oldest machine is from 1990 and we had to do so much work that's actually um into land and we want to make sure that it's gonna last where it is so we we keep like tons and tons of metal out of landfills by recycling these vending yep. machines and the instead of spending like four thousand for a new one it's typically like 800 for a used one and then maybe three for the motherboard and three for the card handler um so and and a lot a lot of elbow grease. Yeah, a lot of elbow grease. Yeah, a lot of man hours of uh, of TLC, and yes. and that's not and that's just to get it operational and updated, and then you have to then spend the time the little TLC and love to make it look pretty. Yeah, yeah, all that fun part of it. So yeah, I totally. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of work, but I mean, it makes sense. It, it's it's a uh, it's definitely I can see it. And then I'm assuming, do you guys have 
Do you have to U-Haul it every single time? Or do you have like, because there's obviously, I mean, it's a, it's like a, a heavy, very heavy, um, you know, equipment. So when you're doing it, I'm assuming it's not like, oh yeah, well we just lo- throw it on the back of our pickup or whatever. Right. You know, you have to actually like go and tra- buy something to or rent something to be able to do it. Right. So um, we, trailer's probably our next big business purchase. We just got a shed for storing the vending machines and that way we don't have to outsource that. Yep. Um, and... When moving them, we typically like to keep our limit at 900 for things that we move personally, and we're insured and all of that. Um, we like to keep things at 900 pounds in terms of what we can personally move. Over that, we look to outsource. But it's hard because um, vending machine moving isn't like if you call a moving company, a regular moving company that would move your house and you tell them I'm moving a vending machine, we've gotten quotes back as high as like $800 to move a vending machine, My which goodness. is, I know it's just, I could not, buy a new one. Exactly. I could buy another, I could buy another used one. Yes. Another used one and <laughs> yeah. fix that one up. So, um, we have reached out to other vending machine operators who actually vend just like food and drink typically. And then it kind of as a side hustle, they'll offer to move your vending machine. Okay. And we've reached out to them to be like, Hey, look, we are not competition for you whatsoever. Correct. We have these like weird artsy vending machines yeah. and, um, and we get a much better, like a much more reasonable quote from them. So, and that's what we do for anything over 900 pounds, just cause we, we know our limitations. My husband's strong, but just the two of us without like a lift gate on the back of the yeah. no, uh, they, U-Haul is no, pretty that, hard. That makes total sense with, with it being, with this being such a new concept. Cause I know, it, I know it's obviously going around and like, it's, I've seen it, it's become more prominent, uh, prominent around, mm-hmm. but like. Have you seen it? How, what's like the, I guess, what, how's like the reception been to the idea, this concept of this business, of this concept, um, you know, from within other businesses, like when, as you go and reach in, talk to someone, is there a lot of teaching? Is there a lot of, you know, like kind of like to go, to get into, into, into it, to try to either like, is there a lot of convincing needing to be done? Kind of how, what's that kind of, how's that aspect of it? But you have, that's such a good, you have great questions. You, you know what you're asking and Thanks. I love it. Um, we, when we go into businesses, it's, it's either one of two things. It's either a lot of convincing because typically we want to speak to the owner, um, eventually. Yeah. Right. And the, and managers are usually there to kind of be the wall because owners get like asked questions all the time. Can we do this here? Can we do that here? So it's a mat. You have to convince a few layers of people to let you get that far to actually speak with the official decision maker in terms of like moving equipment into the building. So we find ourselves, um, having to do some convincing and people tend to be confused. We've had a lot of businesses that are like, Oh, so we get to put stuff in the vending machine. And that's hard because we can't, pay their tax and then get that back later. We can't put necessarily their branded products into the vending machine easily, but um, we can put things that they want to be in the vending machine in there. So explaining that, explaining, um, so we get a lot of like, so wait, so you're an artist and you put art in the machine. And I'm like, yes, but we support other artists as well. Correct. And breaking down all the pieces. And I think, um, you know, we do, we do pay our venues. Um, typically the, 
you know, some people are happy to have us just have us there. They're like, no, just be here and send that money back to artists, which is always nice. But we understand that we are taking up space. So we pay rent. It's usually um, about 10%. And we, you know, we explain to them, they're like, how much do we have to pay you? And yeah. I'm like, you don't have to pay us. We, we give you money, actually. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult to get them to believe me that there's not a catch. That if they don't want mm-hmm. the machine there, we will move it. That if you know, that we're actually not, you know, asking for any money or anything. We're just asking for, usually it's like, I mean, what, I don't know. Yeah. Like the, 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 the space, square feet. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe less than that. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty, I mean, it's the size of a vending machine, the size of a fridge mm-hmm. is kind of how it would be. So, um, and that kind of triggered me. Like when you do that, is there like a contract involved or is it like one of those where they can be like, I want to, you know, Hey, let's try it out for six months. Or like, how do you guys do, uh, you know, type of thing like that. Is it one of those where you go, Hey, we will do this for three months and see how it is. Or is it a year thing? Mm. You know, how does that go? Not that I want to know all the nitty gritty, but no, I'm no. just, I'm always kind of curious on the, on something like that. Cause like, since it's them, it's, since it's free to them, I mean, I don't, why wouldn't they want to have it? But at the same time, I'm always kind of curious of like, what's, you know, hopefully that everyone goes, Hey, I just want to keep this. This is great. Um, you know, type of thing. But is there a certain timeline that they need to have it for? So we don't do, we actually, we only have one venue that has a contract and the venue requested that. So, and it is like a long-term contract for both parties, but typically we don't do any kind of contract because we want um, our venues to have the freedom to, you know, if they're like, we're renovating our space, we need this to move for now or anything like that, which we haven't encountered anyone wanting the vending machine out of the space yet. Which is, we don't want that. No, we don't want that. Um, But if, you know, that's kind of one of the prohibitary prohibitary things for, um, for them that they're like worried about having to keep it if they don't like it or if we put things in there, they're worried about us putting things in there that they don't like or that wouldn't be appropriate for their venue and stuff like that. So we usually ask, like once it's in there, because they're very heavy and we do have to pay to get the U-Haul, move them, it's a lot of time. We say, try it for three months, you know? And that's both parties because sometimes the first month sales aren't so hot. Typically you want sales to be about- new. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, that's for you and that's for us. And then if at that point you're like, I don't like this. And even then it's just us asking, like it's a, it's a handshake situation in terms of time frame because if you're, if in a month and a half, you're like, I don't like this. I need it out of here, which I, I can't see happening, Yeah. but we don't want you guys to even feel locked in for three months. You know what I mean? So there's not a contract involved. That's just kind of a handshake. Like we will promise to stay here even if sales are low for that long and you'll promise to keep it here um for that long to let to see how your customers interact with it and stuff no i get that and Mm -hmm. that's one of those where i can see um you know there's there's a little bit of i mean that's kind of the other and that kind of leads to the next question since you say that during those times of months like how often is it one of those where you guys are actually going to actually, you know, oversee your vending machines, like doing the rounds of your machines. Is it like a weekly thing? Is it every two weeks, a month? How often are you usually going by and looking at them? We try to go every single week. Um, sometimes, cause we can check, since we're doing uh, everything electronically, we can check our sales remotely. So if we see that our sales have been really low, we'll be like, okay, that machine can wait till next week. Cause it is a, like, we have machines from, 
Deland. We have uh, two off of Mills. We've got one in uh, Winter Garden, and we have one on the edge of Kissimmee between Kissimmee and Orlando. Oh wow! So it is. Yeah, a, you're scattered. Yeah, it's a lot of gas, but we're we're in a position too where we don't want to say no to anyone because as of right now, we don't have as much. We have a lot of artist interest. We have a lot of patron interest, but businesses are not quite. Um, aware of us yet i feel like so we don't really want to say no to anybody just yet correct um so for example winter garden is really far for us the Kissimmee one is really far for us so we'll check those sales before we head out but um deland and spiral those places we're hitting pretty consistently every week sometimes we might have to wait for a shipment to come in from an artist or something we bought to come in or the resin to cure on something that we're making for the machine. So it'll be a week and a half, but we average a week. What, um, what kind of products are, since obviously you're, you're artistic, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of products are you guys providing? Like are, that usually go in there? Like what is something that out of just, I'm just kind of curious since I know you like when you said resin and stuff like that, are you, what are, what kind of products are you usually creating? Um, I have dabbled in jewelry, so that's something okay. that this is a nice outlet for yeah. that. Um, and I like to take animal inclusions and put them into resin and then put that onto jewelry. We used to actually do that. My previous business that kind of, um, you know, I let it go was we used to go and get honeybees that had died naturally because when, when beekeepers go to their beehives and they pull out the trays, there'll be a bunch of um, bees that have died naturally mm-hmm. on the bottom yep. and we would collect those bees and then take them home and make bee themed jewelry out of them where they look like they're flying and we'd have little flowers in them. It was really cute. What was it called? What was the business called? It was called Humble Bee Fusions. Oh, very nice. It's okay. yes, it's very cute. Very nice. It is since, it is since petered out, but I still like, that's something that we still, that I still really love doing. So it's an easy way for me to put my labor into the products that go into the vending machines. Um, and you know, we, we do like to give back. We actually, the Humble Bee Fusions, we used to donate to like local beekeepers yeah. and stuff. And then with Vexed Vending, we've, we've only been, uh, Vexed Vending has only been alive for a year, Yeah, uh, year next week. But we w- took part in a Twitch stream where they were raising money for Elevated Access, which I don't know if anyone's familiar, but it's a um, nonprofit where they get local pilots in states where people don't have access to the healthcare they need and they will fly them to other states. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we provided like a bunch of prizes for that. So, you know, we try to be philanthropic where we can. Obviously, we're still growing right now, but I really look forward to when we're stable enough that we can make consistent donations to those kind of things and, and local places. We have our eyes on a few um, local philanthropic endeavors once we're more settled and have all the big equipment we need. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's, uh, I mean, I think that's phenomenal. And I, and I love the fact that you're kind of still using, you know, you're kind of like, well, I still can create stuff and still add it to my own, my own, my own new business. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, and I think that's kind of a, that's, that's, that's so great. Um, what are, I was, I was always kind of curious. So, you know, obviously this is a great idea, very creative. I'm always kind of curious on, what would you say is has been or like items or skills you would say would um would have it be inside of your businesses like verse like i guess inside your business yeah inside your business vending machine um for other people to purchase out of my vending machine or like tips i would give to another business owner exactly 
Um, I would say I was trying to be cute. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Um, people are, are definitely the number one thing. I feel like. I meet such amazing people, and I know that's so cliche, but honestly, in one technology, I'm on a first name basis with their technical guy there, and they only have one technical guy there. He's amazing. His name is Arnie. He's fantastic. And um, I, you know, I have spoken with him about like things going on in his family, and I always take the time to speak to him. I love him, and he will literally, you know, put me on wait lists and he calls me personally to let me know things are in and it's so awesome. I love in one technology. Everyone there is fantastic. But having having someone on the inside of the pieces that you're not versed in and knowing what you're not versed in so that way you can ask the people you need to ask. Um, I, you know, I could sit here all day and think that I'm GI Jane and I can move a 1200 pound vending machine if I have the right amount of help, but it's just, it's dangerous. Like, you know, knowing your stopping point in terms of those big things and knowing who to reach out to. I, you know, I know that I can put a motherboard in no problem and I could probably change the extension cords that I get where machines have severed extension cords, but that's something that I'm like, I want that done really right. So you outsource it. Knowing what to ask outside people for help on. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I would say that's a really, really big one. And in terms of like my personal toolkit, I don't think there's an ask, uh, aspect of this business that doesn't relate to things I've done in the past. Like I used to be a lifeguard at Disney World. So explaining things in customer service is a big thing. Um, at a petrified, that was my, that's why I know the owner so well, but at a petrified forest, I used to do, um, be the creative director of costuming and makeup. And so all of, you know, every brush stroke I've ever done and like face painting and all that transitions into the art on the machine. So using things that you already know well to move forward is a huge part of any new business. So, yeah. And I, I would also say then also is being open and wanting to learn because mm -hmm. obviously you, you guys went into an industry that you have no concept of. You just said, Hey, I really like this idea. I want to bring it in the vending machines and then had to one, find a, the community for it. Yes. Um, you know, and two, then be able to kind of create and go outside and learn how to do certain things that you never learned how to do. So Absolutely. I mean, sometimes you kind of, kind of, you kind of, kind of have to get uncomfortable with yourself sometimes when you're trying to, you know, especially if you have a vision on what it is. And I'm pretty sure there's some level of adaptability in the sense of like having to pivot on some things. Maybe when you originally started, you guys had a certain concept that you wanted and maybe had to shift a little. I don't know if that's if if that was the case at all uh, in any of it while you guys kind of first started because I know. You know, obviously I tell people we have sometimes champagne taste with beer budgets mm -hmm. um, and sometimes so that sometimes you kind of have to be like, well, this is kind of like we can get to this point. But right now, let's just get here um, and kind of build from here. Right. I think I'm a very five years in the future kind of person. I'm not an immediate thinker. So I'm very proud of myself that this has come to fruition because usually what my big picture is five years away and I can't think of the immediate steps to get there. So this has definitely been a learning experience in that way. Um, I think in terms of it, not, I, I feel like we've accomplished what we want to do where we are um, having local artists, every machine is different and there's, cause there's other creative vendors in different States and stuff. And they have like, there's in, um, there's the Venderia in Oregon and they do like all pinstriping on all their machines. And, um, there's lucid vending in Tampa and there's a similar to us where they do murals, but they do most of their own murals. They, I think they have like 12 machines in Tampa and only two of them are, 
um, outside artists. So ours, like kind of differentiating ourselves, would be the only way that I was thinking um, that it changed from my original vision. Yeah. Um, because I knew, I feel like I'm, and this is not usual, but I feel like I was very practical about what we could do. You know, I knew the budget we had, I knew, you know, that it wasn't going to be a big extravagant thing where we're buying 10 vending machines at a time. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's really important to consider your, your budget realistically. And it's, and you had such big ideas five years in the future where we have so many machines and we can do fairs and it'll be really neat. And mm-hmm. I want to do, you know, five years in the future, I really want to do like cool trading cards that have different at all of our vending machines on these trading cards. You can yeah. get only at that vending machine and stuff yeah. like that. But that's just something that I know has to wait. And it's not off the table. It's just, you know, five, five card trading card game is not as interesting. So I probably have to wait till I get to 10 vending machines to do that. So no, I like that. What do you think has been the hardest part about running this business? Um, convince, I would say reaching out to other businesses to let us have the space. I know that we already talked about, um, we already talked about how that's something that, you know, convincing people, how do we convince them? Yeah. It's that entry to market where it's like a new concept. So it's like yes. you have having to, that's the, the, the teaching that's adds a little bit of extra work. Right. That, and that's, yeah. And we, you know, and, and selling the community part because a lot of, a lot of businesses are into community, but they're already doing their own thing with art galleries and stuff. So, um, some people don't, they're like, we're already doing that. So we don't need you. And then the ones who, some people, not everyone, but then, and then the ones who are, you know, more, they're local, but they're more corporate style businesses, not necessarily a dive. We go to them and they're like, okay, well, what's the monetary feedback that we're going to get? What, how much are you going to give us? And we, because our heart is with the artists that we buy wholesale from, and that's a, you know, a huge thing that we do. You know, we, we of course buy some things in bulk, but are, so that way it balances out. In so terms you make of, some money. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the heart, the artists are where our heart is. So instead of giving a venue, you know, a 30% cut, which is exorbitant because we eat the tax. You can't, you can add tax onto a vending machine purchase, but then people will be like, ew, it's more. I'm not going to get Correct. it. So we, we eat the tax and, um, you know, we, we take all that into account. So, um, 10% is just not so enticing to some businesses as, and despite our community ties and the artists that we service and stuff yeah. like that. No, I get that. How do, um, so I know obviously you say you support different artists and you do buy stuff wholesale and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of always, I always kind of intrigued by how do you guys figure out what local makers, um, you know, like obviously go into your vending machines or you're like, Hey, I think this would be a great product to have. Um, you know, is it, do you get a lot more, are you approaching people or people approaching you? Um, you know, and if they are approaching you, I always like to ask business owners, what are things that you, um, recommend that they have or are prepared for when they approach you, especially if they're saying, Hey, I want to have my products in your vending machines. Awesome. I like, we, Originally, we were approaching artists, and I'm very lucky that I have, you know, some friends in that world. And now we are drowning in artists, and we don't have enough vending machines to continue, like, 
consistently purchasing from them. Um, so art, like we no longer have to search out artists. Artists know that we're here. Artists are loving the idea. Artists are reaching out consistently. Um, the, I would say when, if you're an artist and you reach out to us, please do, um, that we want to know what you have that not necessarily is not common. So we get um, emails about people selling their stickers, people selling, um, what else? Greeting cards are very common. We get those emails all the time and we can only put so many sticker slots in a vending machine. Mm -hmm. So if you have something unique, like we, um, Moon Owl Designs does like these cute little hand-sewn poppets and voodoo dolls. So that's like, okay, cool. Like we don't have that yet. You know, we, we typically have stickers in stock and we're going to artists that we have already contacted. Like if it's kind of a waiting list for stickers, you know, like if, if more artists reach out about stickers, we're going to the artists who reached out, you know, six months ago that we weren't able to buy from because we have a surplus of people who make stickers. So anything that you make that is unique in that way, um, you know, we, we've had people reach out being like, oh, I sell soap and we already have a couple people in our vending machines who sell soap. So we're like, okay, do you do lip balm? Do you do this? Do you do that? Trying to find a way to, um, still purchase from these artists without burying ourselves in product that we already have. Yeah. What, um, what's the parameters of, with the vending machine? Cause I actually, ironically, I just saw a video. <laughs> I just saw a video of a vending machine. Um, some brand was using and they were like selling hats out of the vending machine. Mm-hmm. So my question is what, like, what's the size of the, of something like that? Like how big, uh, and I don't need like massive dimensions, but I'm just right. kind of curious, like, you know, how big or how heavy can you put things inside a vending machine that are actually able to work and actually vend and not get stuck and stuff like that? That's a really good question. We, um, five by seven is the typical snack bag limitation. And sometimes it's even just five by five in terms of height. Um, in terms of thickness, it depends on the coils that are already in the machine. We really try to work with the coils that are in the machine just because we're already investing in the recycling of these machines. So we don't want to purchase coils as well. Um, so we try to work within those dimensions and most coils are an inch and a half thick to two and a half inches thick. The snack bar, like the candy bar slots, those are about two and a quarter inches by anywhere from five to seven inches tall. So those are the limitations and you can fit a lot in that. Like you can fit a lot in those spaces and we've been very creative in our packaging. Sometimes if we have an item that's too thick to go in between the coil, we'll make like in the mystery, like if we have a mystery bag, we'll put the items that are only an inch and a half thick on the bottom. And then we'll put the little plushie that might be two inches thick and won't go into the coil on the top. So that way it sits above the coil when it vends. So you, you can get creative with it for sure. And it's also a matter of, um, like stiffness. A lot of items have to have like a cardstock backing because if they're, you know, if it's just loose in a bag and it's not, like doesn't have any stiffness to it, it'll get stuck way easier, way easier. And there's also something called a drop weight. So when you're vending stickers, stickers are, they don't weigh anything. So they'll often just kind of hover on the coil once it turns. So you have to put like, we put like the little Mancala like glass beads in there, or we'll put like a little candy sometimes. So that way it has enough weight to pull it down into the actual like 
drop bin. Got it. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. There's a lot, there's, a, there's gotta be a lot involved there t- in testing and all that stuff when it comes to that. Like, cause you're right. I mean, things like stickers don't weigh it, you know, yeah. then they, you can just see them totally getting stuck. So yeah, that's, that's, that's always interesting. What, um, what advice would you give someone who wants to start something? Who wants to start something? Yeah. It doesn't anything. Ma- anything. I like to keep it general just because of the fact that I, my intention for my podcast is to one, inspire people, but yeah. also some people just want to start a hobby or some people just want to start who knows what they want to start. And I just figure the generic, you know, keep it general. Let's see and see what we get. I, I don't know if I am, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask this because I have so many, I have so many dropped hobbies and stuff. I think it's, um, so wait, so let's, let's, let's use that question then. Okay. What, what, what makes you, what makes you drop the hobby? Uh, time limitation. Okay. I, f- I feel like right in, in, in corporate America now it's, there's this need to monetize anything that you're doing with your spare time, anything that you're doing with your spare time. So, and I'm, I am that type of person where I am a hustler and you know, my hobbies that stick are typically hobbies that I can go on the weekends and sell my jewelry. Or I, you know, I'm working in a community where other people depend on me. That's the answer to the question. Okay. If I were doing the vending machine business and I were only putting my own stuff in there, or I were only buying things and putting them in there, no one else would I, no one else would quote unquote depend on me. Not that they do, but you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I'm not benefiting anyone. So if I stop, it doesn't hurt anyone Correct. kind of thing. So I think that's where, um, the vending machine model has really stuck because I know that there are artists that are hitting me up going, do you need another, like, do you need another shipment? Do you, you know, have you heard of this business? And they want like other artists Wanting this to succeed is a huge part of my success, yeah. honestly. Huge, huge. So I think that would be the difference. Like when I'm over here trying to learn ukulele, you know, if I stop learning ukulele, it doesn't affect anybody. Doesn't, yeah. Right. So. I like that. And I think what it, and I think what, one of the things that's interesting about your concept is that it's almost like you're a mini store. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of like, you know, it makes sense Like you're a little mini store and you're putting different things in each store and you know, you kind of, you're in, so it's, you're building that com- small business community, you know, where everyone kind of can see everything. So that makes total, uh, total sense. Where can people follow you? Where can people, um, you know, kind of get more information about Vex vending machines, especially if they want to add one to their location or yeah. anything like that. Tell people how do they can find all that. We're at vexedvending.com and we're also vexed vending on Instagram. We do have a Facebook, but Instagram is where we're most active in terms of posting content. Um, and there is a contact form on the website, but if you want to email us directly, it's info at vexedvending.com. Um, and even if you're an artist and you're, you're interested, absolutely reach out right now. We are in the process of just trying to get more vending machines and more businesses. So we have more space for more artists. So that's where if anyone's interested in helping this thing grow, that's where you can help out the most is tagging businesses that you really love that are local tagging. Um, you know, if you know someone who works at or manages a business, tagging them and letting them know, because if if I go and reach out, it's so much harder mm-hmm. to get a meeting than if someone else tags and the business is interested. Word of mouth is priceless. Yes, it yeah. absolutely is. So that's that's the best way that you can help us grow so that way we can house more artists because I get, I get like two to three inquiries a day. That's what, 
yeah. 15, 20 inquiries a week about can like, are, would this work? Would this work in your vending machine? And I'm like, it would, but we just don't have the yeah. space. We'll just keep you on a, keep you on a list. What, yeah. why, uh, out of curiosity, why vexed vending? Wow. Yes. Okay. So. Cause we, I looked up the word and I was like, eh, okay. I'm like, let me, I got to ask this question. We were on our way home. We were considering like what we could do for the vending machine thing. And my original idea was Goma Suri vending, which Goma is the Japanese word for sesame seeds. And Suri means like to, to grind them is what it means together. Goma Suri. And when we were living in Japan, um, our kind of, our kind of foster family that adopt us while we were over there, they yeah. would invite us over for like Thanksgiving because they knew it was a big American holiday. They were so sweet and amazing. Um, and my best friend, it was her family. So her dad and I used to speak horrible, like he had terrible English. I had terrible Japanese at the time. And um, one of the idioms, because Japan doesn't have a lot of idioms, Japanese doesn't have a lot of idioms, but one of the idioms they do have is called gomasuri, which means like, you're gr- it's like you're grinding my sesame seeds, like you're, it's like brown nosing, yeah. kind of. And I loved that phrase and I would use it all the time and it would make her dad laugh and I thought it would be really cool to have a vending machine named that. And then we saw like other vending machines that kind of had Japanese-y vibes already. So I was like, okay, I like the idea of VV, and at the time, I was like, we could stack two Vs, and that could be our logo, and it'd be really simple, but very recognizable. And so we were going around with all of these um, words, and I'm trying to think now of what some of the other options were, but I can't remember, because it is it is Vexed Vending now. Um, but Vexed, we were thinking, like, it's mysterious, it makes you curious, you want to know more, yeah. you want to investigate. So that's why we picked that word. And I had a lot of friends, like feedback from friends as I was like, this one or this one? And everyone's like, I I mean, I don't want to be confused when I go up to a vending machine. And I'm like, no, it's more than that. It's it's mysterious and funky and it draws you in and it's vexing. And that's, and, and it stuck. Yeah. It stuck. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Stephanie, thank you so much for mm-hmm. uh, for coming on. I really uh, I really appreciate you uh, having lunch with me. Um, that's our show for today. Thank you so much to Stephanie West from Vex Vending for being on and having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check them out online. If you go to one of their uh, one of their locations where they're at, definitely take a picture with it. Um, you know me, I like like I love I love when people tag and take selfies with it. Um, and definitely, I think that if you do check it out, um, check out their Instagram Vex Vending. Um, definitely tag your favorite like bar, restaurant, um, location that you think would be a fun thing to do. I think these would be great for um, you know like I know you guys have done Orlando Fringe mm-hmm. and things like that. I think for events and stuff like that, I think it'd be really a fun thing to do, especially like a. Uh, you know, just to kind of have almost as a, I don't know, like in, you know, just kind of almost if you could have a freestanding one outside and like, you know, yes. during an event and whatever. And it's just like a fun, like a vendor type thing Let us where know. it just plugs in and you have it. I mean, I think it's a great, would be a great concept. Um, but yeah, definitely check out, check them out. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe. If you want to support me, check out my brand, Deli Fresh Threads, um, do some shopping, obviously tell your friends. Um, thank you until next time. Keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thanks everyone. Thank you.